0: Who endured such contradiction? Consider him, and we look at Abraham, a father of the faith. The Bible tells us he's our father of faith, and man, you see some uh, some amazing things he believed God, how he believed God. Well, uh, he is also our father, and so uh, uh, in the faith. So let's pray, and then we'll begin. Father. We come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you sent your word to us, that we're not left in darkness, but you gave us light by giving us your word. Father, I pray today as we come to your word, Father, we look at your word, we esteem your word, we honor your word, we thank you that your words are life itself, that your words are freedom itself, that your words are strength and healing itself. We thank you for the gospel, that your gospel is your power. In our lives, in our hearts, in our bodies, and in every part uh, of, of our being, Father, that we receive power when we receive your gospel. So, Father, today, we thank you that as I speak, Father, we thank you for your anointing, that your spirit teaches us all things. He leads and guides us into all reality, into all truth, takes everything that you have for us and makes it real to us individually and personally. Father, we look to him. We give you access. We say, move among us, teach us, show us, do exactly what you said that you do. We know you will. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your ability. I thank you, Father, right now for every heart, every heart being a listening heart and every ear being a listening ear that we may see with spiritual eyes and hear with our spiritual ears exactly what you're saying, that we'll go away from this place forever changed, never the same, because we've heard from you and we've met with you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to start uh, where we kind of started last week, and then we'll, we'll pick back up where we were, which is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, uh, excuse me, verse 12. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. King James says, giving thanks unto the Father. Aren't you glad he's your father? Not just God that's afar off that's like, you know, you got to be scared of him. No, you don't have to be scared of him. He's a father. You've come into a family. Uh, he said even to Abraham, I've called you a friend. And, you know, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, but not just our friend. And friend in today's terms is so shallow. It's not like it was then even. But he's our friend, but he's not only our friend, he's our father. And so the same care, actually, you think of the care Jesus talked about, you know, you know, like an earthly father, they're going to try to care for their children as best as they possibly can. And he said, if an earthly father would care for his children, how much more will your heavenly father care for them? care for you. In other words, you, you, think, you think of the best possible, I like Carpenter's translation of Ephesians chapter 1, that prayer, he, you know, excuse me, I think it's Ephesians chapter 3, and he said, you know, I sit there and I think of my own father, and I think of all the happy homes where I've ever been a guest, and the father in those homes. And he said, then I multiply a 1,000, no, 10,000 times, and I think what fatherhood must mean in heaven. Right? So we come to the Father. So he said, giving thanks to the Father. So if you're viewing God in some other way besides Father, you don't have the right view of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is almighty God, and he is to be feared, not like a snake is to be feared, you talk about fear, I, I was confused for many years. not confused, but I just couldn't quite grasp it. And not that I have grasped it like, like I'm going to grasp it. right? I'm not saying that either. But I began to see like, you know, I looked up the definition of fear and the dictionary said, fear is understanding the power of something in a situation. And I thought, oh, that makes sense. So if I see a rattlesnake, I understand that that rattlesnake has the power to put venom into my leg. And that venom has the power to go to my heart and stop my heart. But God has the power to stop that venom in its tracks. That's what Paul did. He's having a really rough time. Everything bad's happening. Uh, He said in the middle of the, the storm and the ship's falling apart and people are despairing for their very lives in the middle of that atmosphere. Paul said, hey, everybody, listen, I believe God. It's going to be just like he said. But it was. They lost the ship, all the merchandise, but everybody survived. They get to shore. You know, you know in the flesh, he's probably like, shoo. <laughs> Lord did something amazing there. Grabbing him some sticks because everybody's cold because they're in the water. Mm-hmm. Going to build a fire. Goes to grab a, sticks, a stick. The snake, well, He just shook it off. Shook it off. And they're all looking at him like, you must have done something to upset God. Right. Oh. <laughs> they didn't know God as a father, apparently. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, then he doesn't die, and they're like, you must be a God. <laughs> What's going on here? Why? Well, they understood the power of God had to show up for that kind of change to happen, right. that kind of barrier. Well, we have that kind of barrier, so giving thanks unto the Father... Why? Who do who, the Father, which has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Well, I like the Amplified Translation and ESV better. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. Uh, Passion Translation actually says, uh, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. The point is, we are qualified. We are worthy. We are more than able to receive because God is the one that qualified us. God is the one that made us worthy. God is the one that made us able to receive the inheritance of the saints in light. So don't ever think again in your whole life, I do not qualify because God has qualified you. And that is not because you did something good. It's called grace. He gave it to you because of his love and because he is love. So he graced you and he graced me. Praise the Lord. So we are qualified. The thing about it is, you know, if you've been in our church for very long, hopefully you understand that we believe that if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you, also receive, you then receive eternal life, which is the life and the nature of God. In other words, you are born again. You're born from above. And you're made a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you're brand new. You are brand new. Recreated in Christ. Recreated, therefore, because in Christ, recreated in holiness. Because in Christ, therefore, recreated in authority. You understand, like you're, 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 your new person that you have become is a person who is seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all other authorities. Because you've been recreated in Christ. It's in Christ you've been recreated. It's in your union with him. It is, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The, he said, this is the whole reason I came, that you get my life in you. What sustains me will sustain you. What causes demons to flee from me will cause demons to flee from you. What causes me to rise above the circumstances will cause you to rise above the circumstances. And you get this, not because you do something, because I did something. Actually, you were unqualified. Unqualified. But I looked at you when you were unqualified and I said, I'm taking all that sin off of them, all that iniquity off of them, all those problems off of them. I'm putting it on me. I'm taking it to hell and I'm destroying its power in hell forever. And I'm taking the keys away from the enemy so he can no longer grab you, torment you, torture you, bind you up. I have qualified you. You have been qualified by God. Well, how much ability does God have to qualify you or how perfectly does he qualify you? Yeah, like, like, did he not expect that you're going to make that mistake? Did he not expect that you're going to have that flesh to deal with? Did he not expect? No. God is, what, the big word, omniscient. Right? He knows everything. So don't get, like, don't let pride slip in and think, well, I know more than God. You know, I, have, I am a special case. I am God's worst case, and I'm sure when Jesus was on the cross, he did not expect this. No, no. No. He's more aware of man's creative ways to go away from him than you are. He was tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. So, uh, he has qualified us. So, we believe in the life of God. We believe that the gospel that was preached in the book of Acts, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Well, we believe not only is your spirit recreated, not only did Jesus go to the cross and go to hell and defeat the devil so that you could be born again, a new creature in Christ Jesus, a God kind of human, but we believe and we know because the word tells us, yeah. He took stripes on His body to, for our healing. Right. Uh, and Matthew 8:17 actually says He lifted sickness and disease off of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Galatians 3:13 says that He became a curse, because curse is anyone that hangs on a tree. So we know the curse came on Jesus. And then uh, verse 13 says we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Glory right. to God! And that curse had three aspects to it: spiritual, physical, and financial. Well, I I desire that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So, uh, the point I'm trying to make is, if you haven't been around here long enough or I haven't said it clearly enough, we believe in the gospel that saves your soul, which is technically your spirit, but people refer to it as your soul. We believe in the gospel that raises people from the dead, bodies from the dead. People's spirits come back in their bodies. We believe in the gospel that cancer does not have dominion over Christ. Amen. We believe in the gospel that viruses do not have dominion over Christ. We believe in the gospel that poverty does not have dominion over a child of God who acts in faith. Well, okay. That takes us to back to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And I'll begin. I'm going to begin in verse 16 this week. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Notice, I'd like to tell some people sometimes, even from the Bible school that I went to, it does not say it is of faith that it should be of works. It is of faith that it might be by grace. In other words, you are trusting God. And God alone, so you can't try to get self-righteous and think, I did this, I did that, I prayed so long, I read so long. No, no, it's of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, that the promise might be sure to uh, to all the seed, not only to them which are of the law, but to them also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, I'm probably not going to have time to go into that. But if you notice, like Abraham was counted righteous before the law was instituted. He said, I have made you the father of many nations before the law was instituted. In other words, when was the law begin and consummated? That's when he was circumcised. That was the beginning of the law. So, you read in the Bible and you kind of can get confused because maybe if you don't have a Jewish background, it's harder to understand. They're like, well, are these people circumcised? If they're not circumcised, then they should be this or that or whatever. Well, you know, the Jews all had to be circumcised because they came with the, with the law. That came with the law. And so, Abraham acted in faith before the law that he might be the father of them that are of the law and them that are before the law and after the law. Hallelujah. So, he's the father of all, the father of faith of all. All right? Verse Verse 17. As it is written, oh I love this, as it is written, this is, and then this is God speaking, I have made you, speaking to Abraham, a father of many nations. Before him in whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According, how, how did he do this? How did he do this? According to that which was spoken. What was spoken? I have made you the father of many nations. Right? No physical evidence for it. Human reason would say no. Deduction would say no. Common sense would say no. The physical evidence was this is impossible. Yeah. So Abraham had the Word of God, and he had his circumstances, his body, his feelings, his senses. He had inputs that he got, right? He looked, in other words, and said, you know, uh, how am I the father of many nations? How can this be? I'm like 99 years old. My wife's 90. She's past childbearing age. You know, we talked about that the one week. She's past childbearing age. She's looking at me like, don't go there again. I'm just saying she had gone through menopause, okay? And I'll stop, okay? But you typically know, well, maybe I'll stop in a minute. You typically know when a woman has gone through menopause, like hot flash, lots of other things going on, okay? It's funny, but I'm trying to, like, you know, it's real. They had physical evidence, physical signs first of all, hey, your childbearing years are coming to an end. You don't have a child. And then she had physical signs like, your childbearing years have come to an end. Yet they acted in faith. How could they do that? You know, actually, first, Sarah laughed, a laugh of unbelief. And later, Sarah laughed, a laugh of faith. First she mocked, then she believed. So just because you have mocked or you have questioned or you have doubted, that does not have to be the end of the story. Consider him, consider Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12. Consider him who endured such contradiction. Consider him. So Abraham, I didn't even get there, did I? Uh, we'll read 18 again. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. How much faith do you have in God's word? When he declares a thing, it is so. Don't get caught up in man's thoughts, in physical evidence. God either said it or he didn't say it. You get it settled in your heart. Uh, One translation of Hebrews 11.1 actually says, faith is the warranty deed. Another translation said, faith is the assurance. You know, you receive what God said, it builds confidence and assurance. Like this is what God said. shall your see be, verse 19, and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body. Well that tells me that if you consider your body above what God said you're weak in faith. What does that mean? Uh, uh, I'm considering these symptoms uh, more than I'm considering God so I'm just a person of weak faith and I'm not going to make it and I, I can't do it. No, 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 no. Faith is in God, not in you. Jesus didn't say, have faith in yourself. He said, Mark 11, 22, have faith in God who has qualified you. Literally, you just have to believe what God said. You just make a decision, an act of your will. You have control over your will. And you say, hmm, that was a statement of weak faith. I'll not be weak in faith. I have strong faith. I have the faith of God. He gave me faith. I don't believe that. This is what I believe. I believe what the word says. The word says, I was healed. I call my body well. I call my body strong. I call my body uh, vigorous. I command strength into my body. Why? You're a child of God. You're in the household of God. You're in the household of faith. All you got to do is trust him. It's not working it up. You don't work it up. But what do you do? Well, you meditate in the Word. Why? Well, uh, you know, what you think on, you kind of move in that direction. So if you get a doctor's report, thank God for doctors because they tell you a lot of things and sometimes it's easier to focus your faith because the doctor says, you know, it's this or that or whatever. Mm -hmm. But what do you do? You act in faith. You trust God. One translation actually says, Uh, For verse 20, which we're going to read in a minute, he staggered not, uh, excuse me, verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not. One translation actually says, having considered the symptoms, he considered them not. Okay, how do I, Lord. It is not, It is not about you performing it. It is not about you being good enough. It is not about you. It is about him. So you look and you consider your failures, your weaknesses, your lack of faith, your inabilities. You're looking at the wrong thing. You look unto him the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Why? You were the joy set before him. And you want to receive from God. And so many times we just stop and we look at ourselves and we look, at, we look and judge ourselves after our own abilities even to receive and we think, I can't do it. We're not trusting him. He said, I have qualified you. Or he said, I have qualified you. You do not qualify you. He qualifies you. And the way you come in contact with that, you know, if I had like a little, uh, well, whatever, a fan or something like that I wanted to plug in, there is plenty of power in this room to run that fan. But if I don't take the, The plug on the end of that fan and find an outlet where the power comes out, that fan will never start spinning. But the second I take that plug and I plug it into that power source, that's not because the fan is good. It's because power came into that fan and it started performing the way it was designed. You plug into the power. So so. don't stumble, don't stagger through unbelief. Faith looks to God. Remember like faith is by its very emphasis and definition, it's turning away from yourself and it's turning to him. And think what that means, turning to him. I really, I really got to do a, a, a series on the character of God, So I think we we we, we don't uh, we just know a surface amount of knowledge about the character of God. But you're turning to love, you are turning to justice, you are turning to integrity, you are turning to power, you are turning to patience, you are turning to kindness. So you turn away from all of these things. You're harder on yourself than sometimes the devil is. And then you let those thoughts come in, and the devil will join in with those thoughts. That's true, you are a fool. I agree. How can two walk together so they be agreed? Now you're in agreement with the devil, and you're walking down his path, and then you're like, "Lord, don't you love me?" Why is this happening to me? No. You look to him. You didn't author your faith. He is the author of your faith. You're not going to bring your faith to an end. He's the finisher of your faith. This is like the, I'm not saying this message that I'm preaching. I'm saying this gospel message is the greatest message on earth. It's true freedom. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. You don't know it. You you can have freedom and live in bondage. Like you got a full pardon and you're in prison. Talking to the other prisoners, saying, man, isn't it rough being here in prison? Oh, I'd like to see my family. Oh, I'd like to just have a a non-commissary meal like I want mama's cooking, but I got to eat this cooking. Well, you have a full pardon. Just walk right on out of prison and feast at the table of God. Hallelujah. I'm checking to see if I said enough about that. I'm checking with my spirit to see communion with the Lord. Find out. Do I need to go back to that? And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Dead. He considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. It's not like he had just like one input. It wasn't just his physical problem. She also had a physical problem. You ever heard the saying, it takes two to tango? Okay. (laughs) So they both had problems. If you look at, if you judge the situation according to you, you will come up short. Mm -hmm. But if you judge the situation according to God, you have more than enough. Mm -hmm. That is not a problem. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Now dead, uh, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God. Somebody said, if God would just speak to me, everything would be all right. Well, if God would just speak to you, or you could get his word on your situation, uh, you're about 50% there. Because everything has the potential to be all right. But do you believe what he says? Well, if you believe it, you'd act on it. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. How could you do that? How could he do that? he actually believed what God said he said one translator actually said he grew strong in faith giving glory to God you know I've been before uh, attacked physically and I'm there and I, I feel like whoa this, this is bad mm-hmm. this doesn't feel good mm-hmm. I don't like how this feels and I'm like you feel unspiritual sometimes and you're like well I said praise the Lord yeah. thank you Lord mm-hmm. that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, because your word said, I was healed. Amen. And then what? I confess myself happy in praise to God. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, you begin to magnify the Lord. You enter his presence. Enter his courts with thanksgiving into his, excuse me, his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. You begin to praise. All of a sudden, you know, it's, it's like that, it's like having that little fan up there. And I'm like uh, turning the little blades. All of a sudden, as I turn those blades, I suddenly plug in to the power source and that thing starts spinning on its own. You're like, whoo, what is that? You became more conscious of God. In other words, you're in his presence. It's in his presence, his fullness of joy. Blessings forevermore. I get in the presence of God. Now I become more conscious of him than I am conscious of the weakness in my body. Right? I plugged into him by plugging into praise. I plugged into him. Verse 17, as it's written, I have made you the father of many nations. I have made you the father of many nations before there was any physical evidence. So what happened? He started giving glory to God. I believe he said, oh, I thank you that I am the father of many nations. I thank you that there are multitudes coming from my loins. I thank you that Sarah's body is well able to receive the seed and my body is well able to give the seed. I thank you that I am the father of many nations. And I believe as he confessed and declared that, he got thrilled about it because the reality, because he judged him faithful who had spoken. He's like, this wasn't Tim that spoke. This was God himself that spoke. He's like, this was not Abraham that spoke. I did not say this. I did not come up with this. God has said so. Well, he had the covenant. Remember we talked about the covenant the last two weeks. That if anybody breaks that covenant, that made that covenant, they are to die. But God made the covenant with himself while he put Abraham to sleep. And that covenant is in force as long as the people made the covenant are living. That's why it's an eternal covenant. (laughs) Hallelujah. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Listen to this very carefully. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, when, how? If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. In other words, Abraham believed God and it was accounted and imputed to him for righteousness. And the word said right there, it wasn't written that that happened to him for his sake alone, but for us who will come after that if we'll believe on him who raised Christ from the dead, we would get that same standing with God. What is that? You are favored of God himself. He has qualified you and he has favored you and you have everything you need to receive everything he has for you. All you have to do is believe what he says about it. More than what you believe, what other people say, what other things say, that is called faith. Hebrews uh, chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, Okay, Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 12, Passion. I'm going to start in verse 1, and uh, uh, we're going to hopefully get through most of it. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. That's talking about those that have gone on before us. If you have believing family, believing friends, you know, they are a great cloud of witnesses and they're looking down from heaven and they are like, go young man, go young woman. Even if you're 87, they're saying, go young man. (laughs) You're talking the ancients. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that is so easy to fall into. Just, everybody say, put your hand, put your hand up and say, let go. Let go. You know, he didn't say, we must therefore focus on our failures and our sins and just talk to everybody about them and say like you know I always do this and I always mess up this way and it's no 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 you're looking at the wrong thing don't look at that mirror because you'll start reflecting that mirror look at the mirror of the word and you'll start reflecting that mirror which is righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost you might say oh God is so good that used to be an area of weakness and if I lived in the flesh I'd have it but I live in the spirit because I've been recreated in Christ Jesus I'm free from it that thing does not dominate me. That thing has no power over me. You think I'm foolish enough to talk about that thing, think about that thing, meditate on that thing, let that thing rise up and have dominion over me? No way. That thing is in the past. That thing is nailed to the cross. Jesus took that thing. Jesus took care of that thing once and for all. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. You know, uh, uh, where is that? Lord? Where is that? Right here. Okay, I'm going to skip to verse 24 and then I'll come back. Verse 24 and the King James says, and to Jesus, we're come to Jesus, the, the mediator of a new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. You know the blood speaks? Abel was killed by Cain and his blood cried out to God. His blood spoke. But we have come To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to his blood, that speaks better things than that of Abel. You know what that word better means? It actually means it speaks more mightily, it speaks more surpassingly, and it speaks more excellently. In other words, this blood goes way beyond the blood of any normal man. This was the blood of the Lamb of God, and this blood is forever on heaven's altar, speaking about you. Well, you're in Christ. You make some sinful, horrible, in your estimation, mistake. When God looks at you, he sees the blood, the pure, spotless, blemishless blood of Jesus Christ That is in the heavenly of holies, uh, holy of holies that says their sin was no match for my power. Their sin was completely removed and destroyed by the power of the blood of Jesus. When he looks at you, he sees you in the blood and he sees the blood and the blood of Jesus as perfect as the blood of Jesus is, is how perfect he sees you. So just meditate for a second. What imperfections does the blood of Jesus have? What sins did he commit? What mistakes did he make? When he sees you, he sees you washed with that cleansing blood for all eternity. Stop letting the devil control you through his lies that you are qualified with God based upon your actions, based upon your thoughts, based upon your habits. You are qualified with God because of the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, without defect. And that blood is forever speaking about you. Don't contradict the blood. <laughs> Come in agreement with the blood. Yes, yes. Somebody said, Why do people talk about the blood? Why do you sing songs about the blood? The blood of Jesus is the very life of Christ that has been shed and poured out and then poured into you if you receive Him. You make much of the blood. Talk much about the blood. Why? When you're talking about the blood, you're talking about the life of Christ. This this book is a blood covenant book. This is stained with blood. I mean, they come, even under the old covenant, they come and the priest would come in with the blood of a bull or a goat. And he'd have it in this vessel and he'd sprinkle it over all the people. Look, she's wearing white today. Imagine how that would look. (laughs) That was just a type. That couldn't take away men's sins. Mm -hmm. That could just cover them. Mm -hmm. The blood of Jesus is so powerful that it can not only, and it not only does and has removed your sins from existence, that it actually Purges Hebrews and King James says, or cleanses you from a guilty conscience. Not only do you not have the sin accounted to you, it's out of your record. There's no place in heaven, in the court of eternity, that you can actually find your mistake or find your sin. But he said, That's not good enough. I don't want their conscience to be affected by what they had done because I paid the price for it to be wiped out. I'm spitting. <laughs> He took it away. He took it away. It's gone. But the devil will dominate you as long as you live under the consciousness of acts that you have done, good or bad. Some people are like, well, I don't make mistakes, and I've done all this, I've done all that. That will keep you out from the blessings of God probably quicker than thinking about your sins or at least equal. All right, I want to read this. Okay. Oh, praise the Lord. All right, let's go, to, let's go to verse 2 real quick. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who burst faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Who's the focus? His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed... uh, (laughs) Now I highlighted this because I thought it was amazing. He in, in uh, what do you say? uh faced <laughs> such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls. D- you know what that reminds me of? In uh 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20, I think it's 24, 25, 26 the last three chapters of, uh, verses of the chapter. He said uh Lord, pray that they would, you grant repentance to them, to the acknowledging of truth, that they may a, a cape, escape uh, the snare of the devil who have been taked, taken, taken captive at him uh, to do his will. But it says uh, at the first part there, I didn't quote it right. The first part says uh, 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 that you grant repentance to those that oppose themselves. Yeah. What's repentance? Well, very simply, repentance is, okay, I used to fly airplanes so fly well again someday, you know, but anyhow, if I'm flying from here to California and I get a little bit off course, I'm not gonna make California. If I'm even one degree off, I will make like a, maybe Vancouver. okay, And I'm trying to go to l a. So I'm like way far away, cause I'm a little off. Well, If you don't keep the right course, you make the wrong direction at the beginning, when you come to the end, you're not going to be in the right place. He said, Consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls. That is the worst, that you could oppose your own self. Now, he's talking about sinners. First uh, uh, Timothy, or 2 Timothy, is actually talking about believers, talking to believers. Lord, you grant them repentance. To the acknowledging of the truth. So, what happens? Well, uh, sometimes you get confused. Because you, you have gone this direction, and you're like, you're like, what is going on? What have I done? Who am I focused on? Well, you consider him. You might say, what have I done? But then you look to him and you say, but what have you done? What I have done is insignificant compared to what he has done. But if I'm going to focus on what I have done, I will not partake of what he has done. Because I'm on the wrong path. If I'm going to meditate on it, think about it, then what am I doing? I make myself most conscious of it. Well, no wonder you have trouble. No wonder I have trouble. Because if I'm going to think all the time, I made this mistake and I did that and I shouldn't have done that and how do I do this? What should I do with that? You know, I'm self-centered and I don't even realize it and so I should be Christ-centered. So I should look to him, the author, the finisher of my faith. If I look to him it'd be like, I don't know all that stuff I do. I just know what he does. And when I stay conscious of what he does, it's hilarious because it's like I get in a slipstream behind him and I'm just being sucked right behind. So consider carefully how Jesus uh, faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. After all, you have not reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. Has anybody done that? Okay. (laughs) And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child. Don't underestimate the value of discipline and the training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Do you hear that? What happens when you make a mistake? What's the Lord do? He draws you to himself. What does a little child do? Just a little baby. Normally they want mommy, not daddy. (laughs) They want the comfort, the peace, the security that comes right there. The Lord said, Come here. I got comfort. I got peace. I got security. You are surrounded in my arms of love. I will protect you from anything, I will pick you up when you fall. I will wipe you off when you get messy. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Well, there's more, but we have to do it next week. So stand with me if you would. (laughs) (laughs) The never-ending power of the blood and the never-ending love of Jesus. His love lasts forever. Forever and forever and forever and forever. Jesus said, we're to love one another. But he said before that, he said, receive my love. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I have a question for you this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything like that. Uh, But just, you know, (coughs) in your own heart with the Lord, have you ever received the love of God that he has for you? Yes, when, when you're born again, that love comes into your heart. But you know, I could give you an orange, and you could receive that orange and hold it in your hand, but you're not going to partake of the sweetness of that thing. You actually have to peel it open, put it in your mouth, chew on it, taste it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So I just want you, between you and the Lord right now, I want you to open yourself, put down your... uh, the guards you have up from insecurities and past whatever and just say Lord thank you that you have put your love on the inside of me teach me about your love give me understanding about your love help me to fully embrace your love you know Paul Paul actually prayed this uh, for the Ephesians In Ephesians chapter 3, still every head bowed, every eye closed. He said, I want you to be able to comprehend with all other believers the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. When you know how much He loves you, even just a glimpse of that, all of your actions change, all of your thoughts change. You're no longer thinking, uh, am I good enough for this? He loves you. Receive his love. Father, we right now, we turn our hearts to you. Thank you for loving us. I pray for every uh, person under the sound of my voice right now, Father, that your love that you have given us in Christ Jesus, that we be able to comprehend the extents of that love, to know your love that passes our natural ability to comprehend and understand. Father, I pray that the knowledge of your love for us and towards us would grow stronger and stronger and wider and wider and deeper and deeper. Father, that our actions would be actions of children who are loved with a perfect love. Thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed still. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, in other words, you've never received him. As many as received him, he gave the right to be the children of God. Receiving Jesus is not some mental experience. It's not some thought. It's not uh, something that comes because you do good things. It is an actual event in which you receive the very life of God and that life coming in contact with you makes you a brand new person on the inside. Totally new, totally changed, totally from God. If you want to receive Jesus this morning, uh, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. Don't go another day without Him. It's another day bound up. You know, you can be free. You can in an instant you'll be free on the right path, on the right track. Number two, if you're here and uh you're what the Bible calls a backslider. And what that just means is God didn't leave you, but you walked away from him. Uh, you maybe got distracted by other things. And you just know in your heart, you believe in your heart. The Lord's uh, Holy Spirit right now in your heart is tugging on you uh, to respond. And you, you just know, I need, to, I need to come back to the Lord. And I need, to, I, need to, I need to get everything right and settled. If that's you, lift your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. He doesn't come with shame. He comes inviting you back to the family, back to intimacy with Him. Ha ha ha. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And number three, if, you're, if you've never been filled with the Spirit and you'd like to be, uh, you know, Jesus speak, uh, spoke about uh, waiting until you're filled with power from on high. And in the book of Acts, we see it so many times they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Begin to speak in other tongues. Uh, you can receive uh, more of the Spirit. Like be totally immersed and covered in him. Fully filled with him. Bible calls it being filled with the spirit or being baptized with the spirit. If you'd like uh, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning, lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. All right. Well, Father, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for the freedom that your word brings. And I declare by the authority of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, I declare freedom from every attack of the enemy over every person that's listening to this right now in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom... And complete restoration to health of every body, of every person who will receive your word in Jesus' name. And I declare freedom from poverty for every person under the sound of my voice that receives the redemption that Jesus himself has done and has accomplished. Father, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you for signs, for wonders for miracles, for your supernatural power in every realm of our life. And Father, right now, I pray for every person that can hear this. I pray, speak to them right now concerning the thing that you want them to adjust, the thing you want them to change, the thing that you want them to speak, the thing you want them to declare. Father, quicken it to them right now that we don't go away the same as we were That we're not forgetful here, but we're a doer of your word. Father, we thank you for your word. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Father, we lift up Washington, D.C., and the whole metropolitan area. I plead the blood of Jesus over this area, over every uh, national leader, over every state leader in D.C., in Virginia, in Maryland, over every county leader, over every city leader, over every township. Father, we ask for your wisdom. We ask for your anointing. We ask for a mighty move of your spirit uh, in this region and in this area. Area and in our entire nation, Father, we ask for more people to come to declare your message, your gospel message. I pray for every church in our region, Father, that you would strengthen them uh, on the inside. Father, for the pastors that you give them direction and understanding, that you give them utterance, Father, and that they would yield and respond to you and to your spirit. That light in this area would shine so brightly, so strongly, and so purely that all those that don't know and haven't heard that they begin to hear they begin to see they begin to know and they begin to respond in Jesus name we pray amen amen, amen.